and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of Lack of Focus for 2022. At least, you know, maybe. We, we might we, we might do another one, but I, I highly doubt it. I really do. I highly doubt it. um yeah i'm your host for this one chris will be uh running the show today i'm still going to be joined as always by ed and sean so how are you guys doing good chris good good well we have um our usual like rotating topic but given that this one's been recorded on the 29th of december i i was like well you know well, just do our year in review. It's a nice, easy one. We didn't really do a real Christmas show. We don't really do like New Year's shows. But I figured, given the way we've taken the show, where we have those like rotating topics and we kind of pick different things, and I, I know that some people may have been chomping at the bit to um, talk about different things they may have watched on Disney, um, and like we've done our like things we're looking forward to for next year. So, yeah, I figured just doing a year in review show was uh, a good way to go. We're going to be fairly strict-ish, as strict as we can be on a podcast called Lack of Focus. Uh, We're going to try and pick two things each, so we'll go around the group twice kind of thing and just summarize. I'm not going to do like month-by-month tier lists of what was good and what was bad Throughout the year, my homework on this one at all. (laughs) Yeah. So I the one caveat I did give was that I'd rather we didn't pick two negative things for a year. But there might be some good, some bad. I don't know. We haven't discussed each other's lists at all, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Yeah, we're we're gonna do like well, I'd say a flight deck but we're not doing a flight deck really it's just like uh how how did everyone's christmases go i mean do you anyone get anything great uh ed's sporting as well yeah i was gonna say i got a lot of good stuff but the the one thing that i was super super happy with i i've absolutely fallen off off the deep end with mass effect i'm not going to lie i i have my games that i play once a year almost out of habit but mostly to go back and replay them and enjoy them alien isolation is definitely one of them the last of us the first one not the second one second one's good not no no shaming but the last of us is good mass the mass effect trilogy is definitely going to fall into one of those categories of games that i'm going to play i'm already through my second playthrough of the game um i played one, two, and three all the way through. Didn't like the way the three ended. Went back and played three again. Beat it again. And then said, okay, now I want to know what it's like to go through is the female version of Shepard. And now I'm in the middle of my playthroughs. And I'm probably going to play it one more time before I set it down. So even though I got new stuff to play around with for Christmas, it's sitting on the shelf waiting for me because I, I, I'm just, the lore is so good. It's so much fun. One of the things I asked for, for those who have played the game who may not, I don't know if either one of you have actually played it or not. Um, when you're cruising around the ship um, on Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, you can have casual wear that you can wear. And one of the, the op- suit options is a N7 sweater uh, for his or her rank. When that's all I wanted for Christmas, and that's what I got. So that was fun. I got some other stuff. Got some games. Got some 
Um, one of the other things I wanted to do is I've, I fell off the wagon um, a while, probably into like issue 100, 110, somewhere in the neck of the woods with The Walking Dead. And I just haven't kept up with where it was. And now that The Walking Dead is a complete series or a complete game, as we have talked about in the past, um, you can get the four compendulums that have every single comic that came through. And there's some like ancillary stuff that they did. Some um, so, so I got those as well. So between playing Mass Effect and being through and going through and reading the old um, Walking Dead comics, basically from beginning to end, the, the, those were my those are my big wins for for Christmas this year. The kids may not like bandits as they often do. That's good. What about you, Sean? Any uh, any new video game cabinets uh, picked up in the last week? You know, <laughs> my Christmas started in March. When it comes to that, so <laughs> I've kind of had a year of Christmas um, and a year of going overboard, if you want to put it in any realistic terms. When it comes oh, to it's the joy of being a grown up with a disposable income, Sean. You don't get mm-hmm. to enjoy Christmas anymore. Exactly. And I did get a new bed um, for Christmas. Um, I bought it probably three weeks before and then it arrived. I think it was, I think it arrived like the Tuesday before Christmas. And so I set it up on Christmas and, and then I sent you the picture of my, my spread or duvet or whatever you want to call it. The first, the first of my two rogue one um, bed spread sets and so I've been enjoying my bed quite a bit. That's it's nice to have something that's comfortable again. That's it's for me. It's hard to be comfortable, and and when I find something that's pretty nice. But other than that, I haven't done a lot. Um, still working on getting enough space to build the six foot by six foot Calax shelf. Mm. And then once once that's built, and then. We can clean up my dining room because the majority of the stuff in my dining room is stuff that'll end up on that shelf, which is our 40K stuff. You know, the the unbuilt 40K stuff, some built 40K stuff. Um, Actually known but, as the pile of shame. Yeah, I don't really call it that. I just call it the pile of crap and then <laughs> it'll get sorted out because it's not just 40K. It's. I have Armada stuff. I got, um, what else do I have over there? I have Imperial Assault stuff. I have um, Crisis Protocol stuff over there. So it's just kind of a big conglomerate of stuff that needs to get put on shelves and stored and stuff. So once that's done, then it'll be it'll be a lot better. And then I bought a backdrop for when I do these shows and we use cameras again i bought a bl- it's a blanket but it's a back glass looks like a back glass for a pinball machine so oh, my my ooh. background will be that um when i get to that point so um hopefully soon i gotta get this other stuff cleaned up first but and then uh we'll have that up for when we do shows and stuff like that so haven't tested that yet um it's still sitting on a shelf next to me right now but um you know just looking forward to getting to that point so other than that i didn't do a whole lot over the last week with christmas and stuff and um a lot of just rearranging and and getting stuff together haven't played much in video games or arcade games either recently so that's just 
you know, it's Why? one one has to give for the other or nothing gets done, you know. Oh, I stayed up until 4 a.m. yesterday, uh, last night, maybe why I'm tired, playing um, Shogun Total War, uh, Shogun 2. Ooh. Um, so I, one of the things that I'm going to be working on for early next year, maybe do some content around it as well, um, is I'm going to be doing a, um, a map-based campaign system for Test of Honor. Um, so you're going to be able to like, dedicate pick which clan you want to be loyal to and go through. And then as you're controlling the different provinces, you'll get different bonuses, kind of like Shogun Total War. So it's like, I should probably reinstall it because it's been a long... I don't even think I've ever played two, just like the original 90s one. Um, like the first ever Total War game. Um, I so, that one. Yeah, I've been, I'd, I installed it like a week ago. Um, turned it on, got like 30 minutes into a tutorial and then just had stuff to do and then never got to come back to it. And then I was doing bookkeeping last night and um, I just got to a point where I was like, right, I'm done. Uh, went upstairs to see if Jill wanted to hang out and just watch TV for a little while before bed. And she was like um, feeding Ayla and doing stuff. So I was like, don't worry, I'll just like, put, put something on the computer. And then I remembered what a Total War game is. And um, went to bed at 4 a.m. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, had, I, I, had those days. I understand what you mean, Sean. You know, something has to give, and um, it shouldn't be sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's well, the hard part, isn't it? You know, choosing sleep or games or something else, and yeah, oh, uh, oh, it's been good. I um, well, I say it's been good, it's not been good at all. I was supposed to dive into this or not. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's a show we. Uh, I, I'm relatively open with the listeners, especially for like lack of focus. The, that's what you're here for. The the petty grievances section of the show. Um, I mean, that's what we could call it. Well, petty grievances. I'll just shamelessly steal it from other people I like. Um, but yeah, basically, I've been maxed out trying to sort out stuff for um, Dice Hate, but as the end of the year gets closer. And then I had to um, do a bunch of stuff for the store as well, because a bunch of um, sentry box crap with Dice Hate's happening at the minute. So that's been relatively stressful. So I hadn't been uh, sweeping that great. Obviously, the, uh, the family have been ill for what feels like over a month now. And then I finally succumbed to the lurgy. That Nurgle blessed me on <laughs> uh, on Friday night. So um, the Christmas Eve Eve, I'd arranged to have a game of 40k with my friend. So I was no way I'm going to play on Christmas Eve. We normally try and play on a Saturday. Um, I was supposed to meet him at 3.30. It got to like 10 to 3. And I was like, oh man, I'm feeling real rough. I don't think I should drive to Calgary. Um, and then, yeah, I just messaged him and then I was throwing up and, um, pooping through the eye of a needle, um, for a good yeah. couple of days. Um, I've, um, recovered enough on Christmas Eve about, um, like early evening time. So it was just a good, like 24 hours of just incapacitated. Um, my blood pressure just went to shit. So I like. I if I had to stand up to like run to a bathroom, 
It's like, oh, is it? Am I going to stay upright? Where's it going to go? Um, so it's a fun game. Highly recommend it as a viewing sport, not a participation sport. Um, yeah. And I, then again, if you look like me, you probably don't want to view that. It's okay. Um, but yeah, we still managed to have a fire pit on the Saturday uh, on Christmas Eve. And so Evie got to have that and then um, went to bed, did all, all the uh, preparations for Santa coming. And um, yeah, that was great. Then Evie woke up at two. So I hadn't gone to sleep yet. Um, so she got in our bed at 2 a.m. Around about 4 a.m., Joe said she was feeling really rough and I still hadn't got any sleep. Um, about five, Jill basically had what happened to me happen. Um, so we, after she threw up, she was like, right, we've got to get up and do this now because there's that window after you vomited where you know you're not going to vomit again. <laughs> so uh, we all got up at 5 a.m., me on zero sleep, Jill feeling awful um, and pretended everything was fine <laughs> whilst we opened presents for Vivi. And then um, I basically stayed up until about 10 a.m. with her while Jill went back to bed. And Jill got up, threw up, came downstairs, lay on the couch with her while I went and got some sleep. And we just kind of alternated four-hour stints of being the parent on, on Christmas Day. So I think I posted a picture on my Facebook of um, Evie joyously tucking into a Scooby-Doo spaghetti and um, toast for a Christmas dinner. And um, I had water and Jill had water. It was, you know. Yay! Water for Christmas dinner! Woo! <laughs> yeah. I was saying to Sean, we had our, um, our Christmas dinner today. So the 29th, only four days late. Not too bad. Um, I think my our Christmas Day breakfast was 28 hours delayed. Um we're kind of just going through all of the things we would w wanted to do and all of that stuff, but we couldn't. So, whatever. It's it's done now. She had a good time. She opened all of her presents. Um, I haven't had chance to do anything with my stuff. I'm, I did take time out of um, my busy week because, obviously, I haven't done any bookkeeping since around about the end of August, because around about the end of August, um, oh, Elle is four months old today, by the way. Yay, congratulations. So in August, which would have been about four months ago, around about four months ago, I just didn't have time for bookkeeping anymore. Uh, but the taxes are due um, on the 31st of the 30th. Yeah, the 31st will be fine. Um, so I've got two days to finish all my bookkeeping. And I was just saying to Sean, I haven't actually entered all of the um, the line items that are going to be inventory tracked yet. So I have to create like a thousand items and go through. So I've just been sat in front of a computer. So yeah, whatever. So that's been my week. But I took time out to build some Moana Lego with Evie yesterday. So we were building Lego. Um, and that, that was fun. We went to my mum's house for uh, Christmas dinner because we were going to go on Boxing Day, but we didn't. So we went yesterday. So, yeah, that's that's been me. Great. Can't get enough. Actually, you would like to have enough of that and move on to a more normal 
Just, just a normal, sure. like, I'll take a random Wednesday in March, please. Yes, exactly. Like, just any Wednesday in March, that's the day I would like it to be right now. You know, the shittiest day of the week, crappy time of year. I don't know. No offense when on his birthday's in March, but come on, what have you got to look for? It's no one near summer yet. Uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm I'm trying to maintain hype for through this spell. I just want to get through this. Because <laughs> um, I know as soon as I do a bookkeeping, it's like, okay, let it a breath. Then I've got to get a website done because I was going to be doing a website this week as I was doing the bookkeeping last week. But I couldn't do a bookkeeping last week. So, you know... Fun, fun, fun. Yeah, the, the school closed um, two out of the four days it was supposed to be open, and it wasn't consecutive days, and they didn't give us notice. They messaged us at 6 a.m. each day to tell us if it's open or not. All right. just, yeah. just call it, man. Just call the audible and cancel school. Exactly. Uh, hey-ho, it is what it is. You know, it I is. think what's, what's funny about school and cancellations is I think it's like the hardest decision ever made, it seems like, every time. Because you could have horrific weather, you could have six inches of snow on the ground, and they wait till the very last minute to cancel school. It's just like, you know, just cancel it already. Well, the problem that I have with it fundamentally is like people still need to go to work. So when you're finding out, like, I don't know, 20 minutes before you're supposed to walk out the door to go to work, you're like, oh, crap, I guess I'm calling off today 20 minutes before I'm supposed to leave. Hope that's okay. Like, that's just... Yeah. You're lucky if you get to leave for work after you would have taken the kids to school. Right. Well, the worst ones, I don't know if they do it in your area. What they do in our area is they do the one-hour or two-hour delays. And those are almost worse. (laughs) almost worse in the fact that like okay i'm gonna be late to work i've got two hours then we gotta get them on the bus and then i've gotta make my way into work like if you're gonna in my head i get the idea like oh we're gonna give the roads another hour to get treated you know the salts out there that are clear the roads up but in my head if like if you're even there's even a debate just cancel it just do it and what what our schools do now in this area is because this is one thing that covid taught us was that kids can do school from anywhere so our kids around this area here, admittedly, my kids are still in cyber school, but I know from the other parents in this area, they just basically say, all right, yeah, no, we're just doing it from home today. All the kids have laptops, so just do it from home. So like, yeah. kids don't get snow days anymore. The teachers are at home. The kids are at school. Kind of makes you wonder <laughs> where we're going to go in like four to five years in the in the public school system. Just saying. Oh, just do, uh, do some MetaQuest school. It's all right. Yeah. Everyone put yeah. your MetaQuest on. Zuckerberg school of joy for everyone. No legs. No legs for any of you. You will yeah, be torsos just... and heads. That's it. Well, I, I think what we'll see in the future is you'll see more, more of the digital school, and then you have to go to class like one day a week. You know? Sure. Like on Wednesdays, they'll have to go and turn in all their homework or whatever, you know, and do a face-to-face school. It saves school so much money. Oh, they'll wow. have to take the USB drive in and digitally hand in their homework because yeah. you're not allowed to email it because that's how the world would work. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, I think that's enough stalling for uh, lack of content. You know, let's uh, <laughs> let's get the show on the road. So I was going to start off because 
it's really weird to frame it all, but one of my highlights um, was what feels like um, X-Wing getting back to just being a, a, f- a fun game I can sit and play and be excited for. I, um, the two scenarios that only just came out I may have been exciting for some people for a very long time. And, you know, I've been really hyped for X-Wing and glad that they came out. I've played both of them. Um, and, yeah, I just enjoy it. And it's like... Are you I, kind of curious, like, now that that's, like, some of the... Has some of the ire simmered down? Because we shifted the show, we haven't talked a ton about X-Wing over the course of the show since we rebranded and repositioned ourselves on how we were doing. So I am kind of curious to see what the public response to it is now. I know what it was. Everyone got all heated in the very, very beginning when quote-unquote 2.5 was released. But now that it's been out and now that people have played it, has that started to simmer down? Have people started to accept it? Is it more, okay, this is where the game is. I kind of like this. Now I can see that kind of thing. Because that was one of the things that I found genuinely, truly exciting. It's something that we had talked about for years, if not on this show and other shows, on different methods of playing the game. So I genuinely, truly felt like that was going to be a good direction for the game. Sure, some growing pains, but... So I have... Um, maybe not really a, com- a confession as such, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, or, or like specified or called out that it happened. But obviously, I run a, a one event a month for X Wing at the Sentry Box. Um, like we we pivoted away from it being me working for a Sentry Box to run an event to the community uh, having a time slot booked every month to do what we want with. And I've, it's still me, whichever hat I'm wearing, and like that's it's a lie. Like people do help and step up, but like generally I'll kind of do the behind the scenes grain work, get it all, and then I'll send a message out. Someone want to run this for me, so I can have like, a Saturday at home or whatever. Um, and December, I ran an epic game day where I just made up points for the epic ships. November, yeah. I ran. Um, Yavin, so you had to bring a rev. Well, you didn't have to. You could bring um, any squad you like, but you had to play an attacking squad and a defending squad. So it was just a two-round event where you're attacking the Death Star and defending the Death Star, and anyone who won both games got like an extra prize. If you both saved the Death Star and blew it up, but again, like playing um, extended Battle of Yavin with any faction. So it's just making shit up, basically. Yeah. And then in October, we ran um, just an X-Wing Games Day for our event where we did, like, droid soccer, um, <laughs> um, like, we ran pods and aces high and just, like, random game modes. So for a full quarter, I've hosted X-Wing events with, like, double figures turnout. And none of them have been standard tournament play. Uh, in the yeah. height of 1.0. That's all you ever saw. Well, I don't, I don't think I could have done, I wouldn't have been allowed to do this by the community. But everyone comes out and enjoys it and has fun. And we get like different faces and like younger kids will come out and put, you know what I mean? It's just a, it's a it, good, it, yeah. it, sh- it shows growth again. 
Yeah. Like it's not the I don't I don't want to make it sound negative. Like it's not like the the eight X Wing players buying it out to see who's come up with a janky squad in the last five weeks. It's yeah. just people turning up, throwing the spaceships on the on the mat and having fun. And which is what I, it should be. Yeah, I really like that I'm allowed to do that. And that's one of my highlights of like 2022. I don't know if it's like AMG, if it's like the Calgary community, if like how much of it is me and the work that I put in. But the fact that I get to put that work in and it's well received and people enjoy it is um, is a highlight. I I enjoy the freedom. I, um, I'm not forced to just, no offense, Sean, but to be Sean when he was the X-Wing TO man, you know? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Which, you know, when you look at it, it gets old after a while. You know, oh, 100%. Yeah. We you were know. singing that. We were singing that tune like after Worlds, though. Like that's whenever we first started to be, I think probably for me, whenever Epic came out. And I started seeing different ways to play the game. And I, I know Ch- Chad's always, was always, you know, I don't like Beck, but it's not much fun. It's not the game. But I love playing Epic. I've always been an Epic fanboy because it was something different. It was something that was other than your standard, let's line up, play six rocks, let's do 100-point dogfights, go. Same deployment every single time. Like, like it, it genuinely did get to be monotonous. Now, there is some of that, like, you know, if you take it from, like, the chess perspective, chess perspectives, you know, it's always a 64-square it's always the same setup, always the beginning. It's just how you do your openings. There is some of that. There's a lot of tactics to that. But sometimes, sometimes it was just like to go, nice to go in with something different. And it made you think differently about the game. Because like, like when you went into Epic, it was like, oh, wow. All of the stuff that I knew before I sat down to play this game of Epic is out the window because I've got capital ships that can just run me over. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't. Like it, it was so that it was that's why I enjoyed it so much because it was that shift, which is why I genuinely thought that this was going to be a good change for the game overall. Yeah, well, uh, well, I, I, I think on, one on. thing to add about Epic is I think that's where Fantasy Flight missed a big, big, big opportunity. Was hundred percent agree? Because I on I honestly genuinely thought that where Epic was going to go was going to be in, in my head the forty k in that. 100-point games are, like, the quick, standard, like, kill team kind of games, but Epic was a bigger, broader game. We were going to see more capital ships, more frigate-sized ships of that in that ilk, and that it wasn't just going to be every faction had two or sometimes one ship that you could take, and it was always the same ships, and one of your ships didn't actually have guns, and it was kind of like, oh, it was kind of cool to get out the, you know, get... get the transport ship but it doesn't really do anything you had to wait until the cr90 came out before you get any guns like imagine games with like four or five cr90s on them that would have been really fun um that's where i thought they were going to go and i agree with you sean the fact that there was clearly a shift in perspective on what they were thinking because then it makes you wonder when you go back and look at when they introduced epic into the game what was the idea what was the thought process like yeah what i don't know because they they did it so poorly too. You know, they did what what Fantasy Flight does is they put out what the transport first, which yeah. was which yeah. was a completely pointless ship. Period. It had no uh, guns. It had no hard points. You couldn't even put guns on it. 
Yeah, and the concept of being a support ship didn't really exist either at the time. And I don't know, you know, it's... I well, think you, I, I got to push back on that just a minute. You had the Hawk. And if you remember back in the day, the Hawk only had the one red die, the one thing that they said they would never ever do again. And that, a lot of people flew that like it was a support ship. You used to put crew, used to put crew on it to be able to like be that support ship. The problem is, is I don't think that in the 100 point games that the support ship works. In a three hundred point game, it did. So if I'm not the, if I'm not mistaken, that's a question. Then if it works or not, it's is it fun? That's the is key. It, is it yeah. fun having a ship that's got a single attack die? I mean, oh man, but look, it makes all my other ships unkillable. Okay, so you don't have fun, and now your yeah. opponents get to have fun. Great, well done. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was, that. It, and that's that's the hardest part. Is I think with epic. You know, Epic could have had the rules where you had to have one Epic, like true Epic ship, you know, and you could have made it so that if you were going to play Rebels, you could have one CR-90 or you had to have two transports, you know, to to make it more Epic-y type thing. Because the one, one problem I had is I always saw in Epic tournaments, like at Worlds and stuff, people would bring no Epic ships to an Epic tournament. Mm-hmm. And it was confusing to me because the whole point of an epic tournament is to have epic ships. The problem with calling something a tournament, though, is that if the epic ship isn't efficient, you know, people aren't going to bring it. No, so, no, I understand. I, right. I get that. I, I get it. I do making the epic ships for my event and doing the costings. I deliberately undercosted or tried to aggressively cost them. So that it would be appealing to try them. Like I the only testing I did was to ensure that you couldn't spend all of the load out. So okay. like you can literally put every upgrade the most expensive of every upgrade slot on every ship that was an epic ship. That's all I was get bothered about, you know. Is it balanced? I don't care. We're already right. so far <laughs> outside of the lines yeah. that it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> So I don't, yeah, know, be... I don't remember, I don't remember, Sean, remember we were, I would talk about the Outrider Cup a little, I think it's still going, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're still doing it. We had the little teams from individual areas, which I still think was a fantastic idea. They experienced that same problem with Epic, where people would just bring 300 points of just, you know, here's my standard list times three, and that's my 300-point list. And they had to shift the rules in the second one that they did for the reason of, well, nobody's playing the Epic ships. The whole reason why we're doing an Epic section is to have Epic ships on the board. We want to play with all of our toys. So they mandated it as a rule that you had to have at least X number of Epic points spent on your list, meaning that you had to have at least one Epic ship on the board at the time. Now, some people went the cheap route and they went the bare minimum, like they would do the the transport or they would do the Gazanthi, but there was at least Epic ships on the board and you had to play with those rules and those movement templates and all that. Yeah. And like one of the things that I've done ready, so this is kind of contrarian to the, uh, the topic, but I launched so the, the Calgary Squadron's Chinook Squadron, because we get the Chinooks coming off a mountain, there's Chinook Mall, it's a, a Calgary thing. But I launched, launched the Chinook Squadron Championship Series, so a CSCS, and our first event in January is going to be like... Uh, we're going to run three rounds of standard X-Wing, only playing chance engagement. So like the entire like flipping the table on all of that randomness and f- fun stuff. 
<laughs> but like it's still an alternate format and doing that kind of thing and then like i said it'll be a series of events so there'll obviously four of the events will be playing each scenario three times so there's no randomness so like do you build differently when you know you're just playing chance engagement uh, this is the month where we're only playing assault with satellite array that kind of thing and just and i think <laughs> i think that that's a great way to do it I think that having the scenarios is good, but having the random scenarios at a tournament hurts the tournament. It's one of those things where I I know that I can get away with running a three-round event, even if my numbers dictate that it should be four, that it Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. But once you start getting into multi-day events, I think you need... You even need to be able to rotate through all the scenarios I'll just do one is would That's, be my preference. And, and I think doing one would make the game more popular than do having to rotate through all of them over the days of the event where yeah. you could say day one, you know, if you make or if you play day one, it's whatever. If you play day two, that's where you could switch it up. You know, you still have to keep your same fleet build, but you, so, you could switch it up there. D- d- this will be a spoiler. I know some of the people listen, so you know we'll 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 keep it on the DQ. You know, don't tell anyone. Um, but one of the things that I'm toying with that I need I need to actually play it a couple of times and get some people on board to test it with me is um, you pick a scenario that you want to play, but that might not be the same scenario your opponent picked. Mm. So you, you can play chance engagement, but they might be playing salvage. That would be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I think the problem comes in with some of them have different objective market count. Sounds like a problem, you know, again, we're that far outside the realms of um oh, is this perfectly balanced? Probably not, no. Is it fun? We'll find out together. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. what I plan on. That'll be a uh, a twenty twenty three uh, again. I'm I'm kind of trying to think. So I don't. I'll probably come back to this as an overall thing at the end, just in the closing of the show. But I've been trying to like do a lot of soul searching because I've just not had the uh, the drive this year to get back on the millstone doing the, the YouTube content properly. Like obviously, there's still stuff going up there, but it like there's not really any video content like the i get to say no offense ed now um no offense ed but even like the heresy cast is like a lot of edit it's intensive editing work to do the slideshow kind of feel for it but it isn't a video is it you know what i mean it it could be a powerpoint presentation that you do whilst listening to a podcast if that makes sense but yeah I, i i just haven't done the uh the video work this year and i think i'm still above a thousand subscribers it's all fine you know whatever and if it drops below it i'd be i think i that's i would be sad if it dropped below a thousand i would be sad um but i'm not putting the work in so it should go <laughs> down but i've been trying to like i don't want to do like when i started the amount of work it was to like hit those new releases and have the you know have talking points every time i on the go and i've got kids now i can't 
I can't guarantee that I can do it. And then it's two days later and there's already three videos of people doing what I used to do. So I'm like, well, I need to be more, I need to reinvent what I want to be and make it fun for me to do. So like, all of these different ideas of like, well, can I make content this way? Like going through, this is an event format I'm looking at. This is how I think it'll work. Go ahead and try it, see what you think, you know, doing that kind of stuff where it's, it's evergreen content that isn't just new release clickbait. So, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, like I said, that should have been uh, more of the closing things of what I, my hopes are for 2023. But we'll uh, we'll get there. Uh, who wants to go next? Then that was my, my uh, one of my highlights of 2022. I'll go. I was going to say, Sean, I didn't want to cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> so the highlight for me of 2022 was a learning about the ability to to play retro games and i'm not talking i'm talking arcade i'm not talking about console i'm not a big console guy like currently i own a playstation 2 i own a 360 i have one two three four games three games on the playstation 2 one game on the 360 and I own multiple switches, um, which I've really only played. I've really only played um, Animal Crossing on for the most part, um, and that was the COVID time frame. You know, when there was nothing else to do, couldn't go out and do anything. Which I really don't go out and do anything anyway. But but it all started with Ed and I having a conversation about the Raspberry Pi and being able to get the ROMs and stuff to play, and that was around february of this year february march of this year and then next thing i know i'm watching youtube and a video pops up about arcade one up and they're basically three-quarter scale machines and i knew nothing about them never heard about them and i know that they've been around for two or three years prior to this and so i see that they have the Atari Star Wars, the vector graphic Star Wars game and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But of course, at that time, they were sold out. You know, that you couldn't get them anymore because that was the prior year's, one of the prior year machines that they made a limited amount of. So, so basically, I, you know, started looking, found their webpage and saw that they had the Atari, it's a multi cade Atari that had. Um, it, it was the Tempest arcade, and then of course it had Asteroids and other, you know, Missile Command and other, other of those type of graphical games and stuff on it, plus some other games. And so that was one of the first ones I got. And then I got another one that had Dig Dug. Um, what did it have? It had Dig Dug, Tapper, a couple other things on it, and. Then I found one, you know, that had Frogger, and then of course my favorite game of all time, Time Pilot, and then Time Pilot '88, I believe, which I've never had seen before. And then I got the Pac-Man one, which it had other games that I wanted. I'm not a big Pac-Man guy or anything. I like Miss Pac-Man, not a not a big Pac-Man guy. guy. So those are my. Did I ever tell you the story behind, like, the fact that my grandfather had a Pac-Man machine in his house when I was a kid? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's that's my personal bias. I well, that's what you that's what you remember. 
you know. Yeah, it's... and every single time I play that game, since I play the game, I think about my grandfather who's passed, and like I just it's a lot, it's a yeah. flood, even saying it, the flood of like warm emotions of like hanging out with Path and playing Pac-Man with him and trying to beat a score, which I never ever could. Right. And you know, so so that's kind of that evolution where you start I started out with four, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I got the first four and I'm like, well, I don't have the room for this, you know. How the hell am I going to do it? So my original thought was to kind of rearrange my whole living room and dining room. And I was going to be able to fit like 10 machines up here and stuff. And then my son had, you know, decided that he was going to move home, which is awesome. So that kind of changed that whole plan. And so I had to, I don't have a big house. I, I literally don't have a big house. It's a 799 square foot house total on the main floor. And then it's the same footprint in the basement minus like 40 square feet or something. So my basement's kind of divided into three rooms, one giant room, one. Then the other side is split in two or it's my utility room and my laundry room. So I'm like, well, how I have a shop on one side and my original intention was to build the shop on both sides but that means i'd have to clean up the one side so i'm like well okay this is where i can do it so basically i have a i created a i build a platform my son and i build a platform that's on two by fours so i just you know had the two by fours standing up on their sides so you get the full you know three and three quarter inch side or three and a half whatever it is and then build a frame that's 16 feet by by eight feet, and then put plywood on top, and then put the foam matting on top of that, and and then it was like, okay, I'll put all the games down there. And then I got the games that I had had, and that by that time, I had Tron, which is just kick-ass to own a Tron machine, even though it's not a full size and original Tron and Tron. When you really get down to the the brass tacks of Tron, it's a pretty blog machine in that there's only four games that you're playing within the Tron game and then it just keeps getting harder and harder you know but that's the way yeah. arcade games are you know yeah, that was always I, I don't know I love love the Tron machine always love the oh. movie, but it is like four mini games not one full game kind of thing yeah. I, that always did kind of bother me yeah, you know, and it's a game you're playing for points. You know, it's just like anything else you're playing oh, for points. All the arcade games from that era were. So, like, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily ding it for that. I mean, Pac-Man's the yeah. same way. The Peter's the same way. They're all exactly They're the all same They're all the same thing. way. Yep. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so I'm I'm like, you know, I love that cabinet, though. It is so cool. And then I bought an accessory because the original Tron cabinet in the arcade had a screen on top. So... When you're looking at the screen, if you look like inside where the display or the screen is, then on top up there, there was another screen that had the MPC spinning with a light beam coming out of it. So somebody made that um, as, a, you know, a, a something you can put into it so you could have that running, too. So I haven't done that yet, but I have it. So it'd be cool when I get that. When I get that modded to have that, that'll be like, you know, three quarter size scale of the original cabinet. And so I got that. And then let's see, what else did I get after that? And then I picked up Big Blue for pretty cheap, which is Street Fighter. 
or Street Fighter Two, big blue cabinet. It's three quarter scale, but it's a pretty good size. And then I picked up a Ridge Racer racing game, and so on. You know, and I yeah, ended up getting fine. getting the Dragon Slayer cabinet and and all that. And then I found out that there was another company called At Games, which basically they have different machine sizes. So they have the At Games Legends Ultimate, which is a twenty three inch screen. So it's almost like a full size arcade, you know, when you get down to it. It's a little shorter than a full size arcade, but I got that. And then I picked up the the mini version of that, which is just a single player cabinet. Um, and then I picked up their pinball, which was is probably the most amazing thing that I have is the pinball. And then I picked up the Star Wars pinball from Arcade One Up, which Ed's played before, um, which isn't the best i will say just because it's 720p instead of 1080p like the at games is and then i found another company called iArcade which is which is different than than the at games or arcade one up and, and at games is different than arcade one up because it's a single machine the one i bought has 300 games on it and they're either arcade or or console games you know it's kind of a mixture of them and so I picked up, so I have those three machines and then, you know, and then it just kept going. I picked up uh, NBA jam, which is a four player cabinet. And then later on, I ended up picking up uh NFL blitz, which is a controversial cabinet from arcade one up because it's a, it was supposed to come with online play when it started and they took away all the late hits and all the really rough stuff out of it. Cause of the, you know, it's, 2022 not 2000 when it's being made and the nfl didn't want all because of the concussion protocols and everything the nfl wanted it cleaned up but with it you know it's in 1080p so you're you're playing you know it's it's very clear it's like you're playing a game from today you know but it's a game a rom that was made in 99 what 99 2000 2001 i believe or when those were made and you know i mean nfl blitz you really can't beat it and then i picked up a couple other things and basically now i have an arcade in my basement that started from a conversation that ed and i had um you know just about being able to buy, get retro games and play retro games and and all that and you know now i have it's like a dream basement to me you know it's and now i'm working on lighting you know so it'll be literally like an arcade and then i'm going to take another probably 12 feet by four feet of my basement in 2023 and convert that for future stuff because i don't have any literally i don't have any more room in the footprint i have to be able to put any other cabinets and if something else comes out that i want i don't want to have to give up a cabinet to get a cabinet if that makes sense you know um so you know it's it's been a very good year on that front for sure. Um, for me, um, I've enjoyed it. It's a great hobby to have. It's not a cheap hobby to have, but it's a great hobby to have. But, you know, now that I have them all, I just go down and play what I want to play. Or I, I, you know, I have a, a micro pinball machine sitting next to me. That's an at games micro that's 1080p. It's a, you know, just like a large tablet size field. And then I have another, I have the two the 1.2 version of the 
um, at games legends ultimate that you buy at Sam's club right now. I have that sitting next to me up here. So I kind of have a mini arcade up here for the days. Then where I'm not feeling well enough to go down in the basement and play games. I still have stuff that I can play anytime I want to. So it's definitely been a great year for me for this stuff. And I also have a, a 16 terabyte drive that has damn near everything that you would ever want on it too. you know, so I, I pretty much have every way to play whatever I want to play whenever I want to play it. <laughs> so that's the way to do it. Legitimately, that's the way to do it. I agree. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's that's my first one, Chris. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I know um, since you guys have been talking about stuff like that, I, obviously I already had my own taste and things, but I. I installed um, that Wonder Boy and Monster Land on my phone. I've been playing Space Harrier on. I, I just throw something on my phone for when I've got like, like five minutes of like I've locked myself in the bathroom. No one can get me. I, I have a moment. Oh, yeah, it's good fun. A bit of a nostalgia trip is always welcome, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so mine for the, if I only get to, uh, I'll, I'll do one at a time. I think the big one for me in 2022 was being able to return to 40K. It's one of those things that I genuinely, truly had missed doing. Um, there was a huge gap in my life whenever, it's not that there's anything necessarily wrong with X-Men, it's just with, when there's not enough people to play with at the store, you kind of be like, well, I'd like to play this, and you bring it up every couple of months, and no one really wants to play, and don't get me wrong, I was getting tired of Chad kicking my ass all the time, I'm not going to lie. Um, well, hey, real, really quick, though, with that, you also went through COVID, true, where you lost, you lost your community, yes, and then exactly. you would have had to rebuild your community, where... Post-COVID, the first community that's going to pop back up most likely is going to be a 40K, right? Uh, everyone's got their armies that we just spent two years painting. Exactly. Right. So when the stores started opening back up, and that's what everyone wanted to play, I really wanted to get back into it. Ninth edition had just had, and that, again, that's always going to be in my mind the, the, the question that I feel that ninth edition didn't, didn't get its full run is the first two years of ex existence was during COVID. But I had read the books, I got all the stuff, I was ready to go. We played a couple of games at home, and then once I go, went down, I hit the ground and hit the ground running and loved it, had so much fun, have enjoyed it. So that has been fantastic for me. And it's all, it's what always happens with 40K in my life. It steps out of my life for a few years for whatever reason. Something happens weird in the game. I lose a little bit of interest in where it goes, and then I'm always drug back in. It's that same famous it, line. It, it starts playing Mass Effect, and then uh, it goes away for a little bit. Well, it's, only on, it's only on Mass Effect because he can't get to the game store because he's got to stay on site because he's junior developer. However, that changes starting next week, which means I've dusted off sisters. I've got all the books in my bag. So on Tuesday, when I am home from the dentist, I'm coming home, grab my shit, and I'm going to the store. I already have games set up for myself and game. We are getting games done. I need to get back to it because if I don't, it's gonna it's going to end up falling off the falling off the closet. And I don't want that to happen um, because I have I've enjoyed it so much, and I know well we don't know for certain. It has been, I know there's a tenth edition coming out. I know that that's, and I want to be involved in that. I want to be, it be in the excitement of having a new edition of the game coming out. 
Didn't, again, not feeling like ninth got its full fair shake in my honest opinion, but hopefully whatever changes come with 10th, I want to be part of, I want to be involved in. I want to finish that Sisters Army. I want to fulfill the, the promise that I made to being able to take Gabe to a Nova Open and we're going to go play our armies down there. Like I want to do all of those things. So that one has probably been one of my, if not the top favorite thing, uh, gaming-wise for 2022 that I went through is just reconnecting and doing that. And it's been... As on a more personal note, it's been a very different experience. Gabriel used to play 40K with me whenever he was young, but it was always like, and it's always like any other game whenever you're playing with a child, you're playing with a child. So they're having fun, they're rolling dice, they're just kind of doing what you and all your friends are doing, but they're not really in the game. When I started getting my ass kicked by my son, I knew something was, I knew something was clicking. He had came to this army on his own. He came to the lore on his own. He's listening to 40K novels on his own. It's it's that moment where, and again, Sean, you must have gone through this. Maybe you saw this as well, where they move out of this childlike stage and they're moving into adulthood and you can actually have those. Where I literally, Gabe and I would just sit on the couch for hours and just talk 40K. Not the game, the lore, where he would he's read the most recent Death Guard book and he's like he's telling me what like nerglings really are like and the fact that you know death guard go home and they actually have families and they have nerglings like their pets and it's almost like a sitcom whenever they come in the door like all of this stuff it was so cool the entire experience everything about the hobby from getting up and going to the game store this you know close the laptop lid get everything in the car get out there get the games done hang out with the friends and then Gabe and I having talks and debates and conversations on the way home during the week what are we going to do what list you're going to run let's try this oh I want to try this and see like all of that all of that has been fantastic and I don't want that to go away I want that to continue so that's why thankfully I'm going back to my regular schedule next week yay and I'll be able to get back to it good that is my happy place. Like legitimately, like if there is like a purgatory that you can get stuck in, like where you can just keep running, running over the same loop over there, like that, that would be the one I'd want to go to is the going in and out of the game store. Like every time I come into the game store, I got an army and you're just playing games with friends. I mean, that's that, that, that would be, that'd be a nice place to, as long as my, I can still see my family. Yeah. That would be a nice place to, to have my brain stuck for, for an eternity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also returned to 40k this year. Um, and again, it's one of those where I get to just spend time playing a game for people I like. It's it's not a, the good thing about forty k for me is it isn't the game that I'm running, so yeah. I get to be the player. It's it's, and, like, it's a perpetual DM sequence, or like you're always around the game, never playing. Yeah, I could totally see that. I I put very little effort into like knowing about armies that aren't mine or doing you know i don't want to get better at the game i just enjoy playing and spending time with my friends so it's been very nice to just have um that out you know 40k is my uh my board game night so yeah it's been good and yeah, that, no, that I... actually that makes sense you know it's uh reconnecting like that is a good thing you know it's uh it, it definitely makes it worthwhile when you're doing it with friends yeah it's the same kind of thing again as what i was talking about obviously i as i was getting back into 40k and ed wanted to start heresy cast and it's like and i could probably put more work in and like get more involved and then i could start making 40k content because it's like a much bigger market for 40k content than there is for x-wing content and even whenever I do like, a crappy unboxing video for some GW adjacent stuff, 
they're always like solid videos that get decent traction. But I was like, nah, you know what? I'll just keep this for me. It's okay. And that's not to say that there will never be anything or like the painting stream won't start again or whatever. But it's definitely been something I've enjoyed just having as as a hobby, not as a job. Yeah. And that is what it is. Like, even if that's got to be the same thing, like whenever you're the DM, whenever you're the TO, Sean, you had to have felt this. Like every time you're playing a game, you're not playing a game, you're working. You're doing it with your friends. You get to hang out with your friends, but legitimately it is a job. You treat it like a job because you take it seriously. So you don't actually get to enjoy it as much as you want to. So when you're running stuff and especially large events, you're not even getting to hang out with your friends. You're there with your friends, but you're not really hanging out with your friends. Right. They're because, finding conversations between tables. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it is a job and to do it well, you have to prepare a lot. And it's, it's one of those interesting things where, and it's one of those things I don't miss is that I got satisfaction out of it because the events were good for everybody else. You know, when you went to an event and you enjoyed yourself at the event, that's what made me excited about running events. What started to make me not like running events was when you started to get all the, and it was never happened around my events other than the Nova open when certain people were bitching and moaning that it was single elimination and not a, you know, it was a, it wasn't a points day or whatever, you know, however fantasy flight did it on day two, it was literally a top 32 or 64 from the day before. And then it became single elimination. And, and that's when I ran Nova open and, you know, people were complaining, but then of course they've done it every year since. And nobody complains about it now, you know, that they're doing it that way. And just the, you know, I started to feel the angst in the game when I was getting out of running events. You know, it just, it became a different game towards the end of my time running stuff where it became, you know, it, it wasn't just a a camaraderie thing. It was a, I want to win prizes thing, you know, and which I get, that's what those types of events are for, but I never saw those events that way. You know, I always saw them, you know, there was the hot tub after the day, you know, <laughs> that's the way that I always looked at it. You know, it was getting in the pool or the hot tub or whatever, and just hanging out, talking, people drinking beer or whatever. And that's what made those events great. What made them suck though, was when people are bitching and moaning or even cheating to try to win prizes, it really started to get, that's what got to me towards the end of it, you know, was just, the complaining that kept going on and you know it is what it is um i'm not doing it anymore that's for the younger crowd to do or those who you know want to do it and, you know but it was it was great while while it it was going on yeah no well, i mean that's part of the the curse of being passionate about this kind of stuff is that it's very easy for it to um become that thing and like i don't know if i'm becoming more of an asshole or not or if i'm just being more like upfront about it but like when i'm there i'm 
I'm playing at the sentry box on a Saturday playing 40k and then someone will say oh do do you have this in stock like me personally no (laughs) (laughs) but that's what you got to do I mean I mean (laughs) that's the thing that sucks Chris is that when you're part of the store like that you're always part of the store yeah and I I can go through and I I was literally answering Facebook messages from a a friend who was asking like doing onslaught demos. I let him borrow the demo set and stuff. He's asking me questions about that. Like, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll answer that because again, I, I I started that problem, but then I'll get like messages. Or oh, is the Sentry Box got any sales on today? So I don't know. That <laughs> sounds like a question for the Sentry Box. Like, I work one shift a week in the store. If you don't tell me anything, like you should probably like you've got onto Facebook and then message me. Just <laughs> go onto Facebook and then message the store. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that kind of the the curse of forever being uh tied to other people's enjoyment, not your own. Right. That that's a tough and, part of it. Yeah. And it, it's again, I I tr- when I'm on the clock. I try to treat it as a job and do all of the things and make sure that everyone's having fun. And I, I'm always sick afterwards. I'm always exhausted. It's like, cause it is a combination of like putting on, you know, a, a, a high school, high school musical whilst trying to like r- run some math tournament. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Because you, you, you have to, especially for me, I, I don't have a support staff. Like me, me running um, like a 74 player tournament with one other person who's also streaming it with me compared to like a team of six people running a 200 player event. Like, well, you know, I think I'd be one of the six people rather than, uh, rather than just me. But, oh, yeah. Yep. It's a ty- oh, tiny Calgary matter, Sean. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> you just you just enjoy life. That's all you can do. Yeah. Okay. So Ed's got forty k. Then um, what do we want to go around again, or do you want to go? Do you want to circle got, back around, Ed? I've got one more. I wouldn't mind mentioning if that's okay. Yeah. Because the second one for me was um, in December of. 2021 was whenever I got the PS3 and that was I don't know what it was about I I did for the retro gaming side I did have a physical Atari I did have the physical NES I was working my way to the Genesis and the Super NES before I got the Raspberry Pi and now I can play any game that I want this is the one console that wasn't out of nostalgia for me because I never played it I had never touched it so for me going and playing some of these games from the seventh generation on the PS3 had been all new to me. It had opened up a whole new um, group of games that I now count as some of my I thought we were going to get some Aladdin in there then. I was ready. I was oh, ready with that sub-harmony. You were ready? Okay. I'm not going to touch that one. 
Oh, I, I will. Okay, yeah, I guess I, I'm just full of disappointments. <laughs> it's a usual. It seems like a usual for me. But legitimately, it was like a whole brand new world of gaming that I had never touched before because I, I was having kids, getting married, PS3 at $600, whenever it came out in retail, was a little too steep whenever you were trying to buy diapers and formula kind of thing. So for me, it was being introduced to all these games that it was like finally getting in on the joke that everyone else is laughing about that you had no idea the context behind. I'm getting it some now. I've played all three Uncharted games. I get why the, I get the I get why Uncharted was such a great series. I've played all three Mass or all three Mass Effect games. I played all three Dead Space games. I'm going through this. I'm going through this library of all these games that I never got to touch, and it's been fantastic doing it on quote unquote dad time. The fact that oh, it's a two dollar game, it's a three dollar game, it's a four dollar game, five dollar game to be able to build up this library of games that would have cost me thousands of dollars back in the day, but they're all good. Like it's it's the beginning of the gen, gen it's the beginning of the generation where games feel like now started back then. And to be able to go through and play through some of these games in the library for the first time, playing The Last of Us for the first time, I recognized that the game had been remade for the PS4. There's a TV show coming out in about three weeks, two weeks. I gotta can't wait to check that out. I'm really looking forward to that. But playing that for the first time and not knowing anything about it other than my son telling me this is a great game, I'm not going to tell you a thing about it because I don't want to spoil it. To go through that experience for the first time of that is such a great game. Oh, this is what games could be like. It was just phenomenal. So like I genuinely truly had a ton of fun um, playing games from that seventh generation, Mass Effect, being being part of one of the ones I'm probably going to play again. I'll probably, I think I've done two playthroughs of Last of Us already. Um, I did it in the PS3. I did it on the PS4 remastered just to see what the graphics are going to be like. Don't know if I'm going to go down the route of paying for the game a third time to play it on PS5, even though like the remastered version was already in HD and in 4K. I'm not sure what they changed so much that's worth it. To like if, when that game comes down to like $10, because it will eventually be a $10 game, maybe. Maybe then I'll pick it up and try it again. But that has been... That that's probably the second highlight for me is being able to go through some of these games that I never had. It's it, it's like getting into a console that you never played before and everyone talked about. That'd be like I don't know if you never picked up a Super Nintendo before. You weren't a Nintendo guy, and they're like, oh, I never understood what it is. And then just being able to go through and play, like, wow, these were great. These were, how, how did I miss this in my life of going through playing some of these fantastic games? That's what it's been like for me. So I do want to put that little highlight out there as well. Okay, cool. Do you want to go again, Sean? Um, yeah, just for me, kind of the second part of it, which hasn't fully kicked into gear, but is the 40K side for me, too. Um, I really, I'm excited to get playing it, but, you know, there's always just something that gets in the way right now. But once it starts, I think it's just, it's going to be like X-Wing for me, where I just have a great time, you know even though I'm going to get my ass kicked day in and day out by thousand suns, um, you know, my hope is that it's enjoyable for both my son and I, and, you know, others, uh, if his friends are playing or whomever, you know, decide to play and stuff, you know, um, you know, really, cause I have three avenues in this game right now. I have space Marines. I have the space Marines from the, um, whatever it is, I can't remember the company that's making them, but where they're coming out <clears throat> with the magazines that teach you a little bit about the lore, how to play it. And then they send you models, you know, every month and stuff. And, um, you know, that's exciting because you're getting space Marines and, 
and I think Necrons in that, and then um, it might not be Necrons. I can't remember who it is, no, but I think it is Necrons. Is it Necrons? Um, you know, and then learning about Aster Militarum, and <laughs> that was really more my speed with the game. You know, is I like that human feel, and I like that that World War Two quality or whatever you want to call it. You know, of of looks. You know. In the game, it, and it kind of makes me wish that you had found the Astral Tarm first and been able to dedicate more time on that, because that's what's going to end up happening. It's it, it's like Gabriel right now with his Death Guard, like that's his army. Like he loves, like there's a couple other armies he's quote unquote interested in, but he's interested in the playstyle. But like he's a, a Death Guard player. Like he loves the lore, loves the look, loves the feel, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes to get you to, not only to hook you, but to keep you around for a long time. I yeah. disagree a little bit, Ed, because I think Sean's in a similar position to me when I was in my like my mid early mid twenties. I was in the Air Force. I had a disposable income. I was living in the block. Next, I I spent a lot of my time just at the Games Workshop, hanging out with my friends, like doing six armies a year, like do different, like you know, you don't necessarily paint them all, but just. I put the models together, throw them down, play some games, get different play styles, you know, figure out what you're enjoying, what you like, what you dislike. And I think there's a lot of fun to be had. And again, you're in a, a privileged position to, you know, if you play yeah. Astro Militarum for, for two months, enjoy it, but then see something new and shiny and go, oh, wow, try that. Like, you know, yeah. it's not like you're picking between that and food. Well, and you know, and it's not like that's all we have. We have sisters. I have the the one of the the Christmas box from a couple of years ago of sisters. I have last year's from orcs. You know, so it's not like that's all that I have. It's between Thousand Suns, Necrons. Um, what else? So we got that Astro Militarum. We'll have you have orcs. some turnids as well. I think if you got the upper level of that subscription. Yes. Yeah, there'll be yeah. Tyranids. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of different things that I'll have because of the subscription, you know, but also having purchased other stuff, you know, it's it, it gives us a variety, even if it's a small amount of other things. It's it's a variety to be able to play. Plus, I have two kill team boxes, I believe. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. it's good being able to, like, throw the stuff into kill team as well and, like... Yep. Pick up the role playing game. You can. It's all models for a role playing game as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much to it, and um, you know the. I, I'm just excited. You know the other thing I'm going to do with Astra Militarum that I didn't quite do with Space Marines is I'm going to take my time building them rather than trying to build in mass as quickly as possible. Where I'm going to do you know get all the crap off of them. You know get make sure everything's shaved off. I have a Dremel that I can use to do all that and, you know, get them so they look like good models. And then I bought more Badger airbrush primer so I can mm. prime yeah. them with the airbrush during the winter. I don't have to rattle can them. And, you know, I they won't be exactly the, the perfect priming color like you would get out of the rattle can, but I will get, you know, I'll, mm. I'll be able to paint them that way, you know. I'll be able I'm, to paint I'm them. I perfect. I'll let that it's close. I mean, you it's know, close. for my Ultramarines, the blue you get out of the rattle can is their color. 
you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. From color-wise, yeah. I was thinking more along coverage-wise. Um, sometimes, depending on um, atmospheric conditions, you can get stippling where there's a little bit of water oh, yeah, trapped yeah. in. There's a couple other things. Like, ideal, the real best way to do it is the way that you're going to do it is the airbrush. I mean, that's the real best way to do it because you have more control over where it goes. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it'll be... You know, the Badger colors, and I haven't totally looked. I got bought a little, the six-pack of colors that you can do. And what's the green? It's, I don't even think they have them. Let's see. I have a gray primer. I have a white primer, a black primer, which I have another black primer, a red-brown primer, which actually would be kind of interesting, an olive green primer, which is what I'll probably use on them. And then either... Do what Chris has done is uh, what are that what are those colors the like you've used? Um, they're not the two thin coats ones you're talking about. The new yeah. ones that are coming out. Yeah, yeah, uh, contrast as well. Yeah, yeah, the contrast. I've, I've done yeah. a lot of different ones this year. So yeah, where I could do this olive green and then do contrast paint. You know, you know, or just do regular painting on it because it'll just be a little bit darker. You know, than what the the Astro Militarum green is and stuff. Oh, you, you, know? you can do your own colors, man. The uniforms are uh, a different yeah, colors anyway. That's that, that's pretty much how I look at it. Is it'll just be how I want to do it, and it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my second for this year. the The other thing, it was fun playing D anD D at the beginning oh, of the yeah. year. Did, did we only finish this year? I, it feels like longer. Yeah, we finished oh, this year that we finished that. Oh wow, I had totally forgotten that. It would have yeah. been. It took us two years. So, yeah, we started yeah. in COVID. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We finished just oh, after yeah. the first of the year with it. You know, February, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that yeah. was that was that was fun. You know, it was it was different to play fifth edition because I hadn't played since I played Pathfinder three five, which was you know D and D three five. And I will say that fifth edition was a little closer to second edition, but, but like still light years away, you know, it's, it's still not the D and D I love. (laughs) I I still gave the second, I pulled those books out and reread them whenever you started floating the idea of maybe doing a second edition campaign. I'm still game for that. I'm still throwing that out there. We're not just going to play one D and D next year. I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little iffy from the stuff that I heard from the Hasbro um, <laughs> thing, where they're really putting a ton of stuff behind a paywall. I yep. don't know how I feel. Like again, it's like one of the. I feel like they do this every other edition since fourth edition. Like every other edition of D and D is an edition of D and D that's not necessarily meant for me. I get, it. I get the convenience of having an electronic device to track your character. Sure, totally buy that. I totally agree that D&D Beyond is worth it if you want to do it for that reason. But to put a whole bunch of stuff behind a paywall, like, I'm just desperately afraid of what that means. Um, I do like the idea that they're going to be coming out with their own tabletop. I, mean, I think I would, that could be... I would say that until it's out, we don't know what it's going to be. So. Agreed, agreed. Right. So, like, right. cautiously optimistic. A, a new edition of D&D is usually a controversial thing no matter what happens to it. There is that big part of me. I, I feel the same way I did whenever third edition rolled over into fourth edition and I went another path for another four or five years whenever I was just playing Pathfinder because I liked what third edition was. There's that big part of me that makes me wonder 
is 5e still going to be played? And the, the counter argument is like, sure, I'm sure you could find a group somewhere out there that's playing third edition if you really, really like that version of the game, but the community is going to move on. It's going to get harder and harder. It's just like people that still play the Star Wars um, TCG from Decipher. They're sure there's a handful of people out there that still do it. So the question genuinely becomes, do you just stick with what you know and like have a handful of friends that still play that? Uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I want to see what the official announcement's like before I render judgment, though. Remember, folks, all change is bad. All change is bad. Always. I did, did not say that. <laughs> I'm just simply stating if they go for the monetization route of the game online, like uh, I'm talking about I, the I hope old. that there's microtransactions so let me re-roll my dice when I'm in. Oh god. There there are rumors about that. There are literally rumors about that being able to monetize that. And if that is oh, genuinely I personally don't use 4chan to get my uh, my D and D rumors. I do. So. Well, that's not where I'd heard that. I heard that from. I actually have a 40k. I have a 40k um, commentator that I follow on YouTube that she had mentioned. Here are some of the rumors that are coming about with with D and D. So if you like it, it was admittedly satire. The piece that she did, but it was like, oh. You want to get a re-roll for 5,000 astral gems in, that cost X amount of money in the You can re-roll in the app and get that death save roll one more time. Oh, you want that cool weapon to be able, You don't want to play the modules. You just want to get all the stuff that came out of it. Another 20,000 astral gems. And I'm like, oh, God, I could totally see this. I could totally see some executive in some room saying. So I actually have commentary on this that I could. Uh, if I were a DD youtuber i would have commentary on this that i would have already made a video on but since i'm not i haven't made the video yet but the the comment that started this hysteria was that um the executive what some executive said i mean i, I don't this is off the cuff about my research in front of me so sure. bear with me but the uh the quote is that um D is, uh, is under monetized in comparison to video games Yes, that was right. the comment, and that was the one that's so, got everyone shaking in their no, boots. Yeah. What they're going to do? So, one of the things that is going to be looked at, or is being looked at, is the um, the open license for D and D, which was a big thing people were worried about because obviously there's a huge like open market. Yeah, there's for, parties right? Yeah, so one of the smart, one of the smart decisions that Wizards made, in my opinion. But that's it. But if it's free, it's under monetized, isn't it? So therefore, not exactly the change that they're talking about is um, if you make third-party D and D content, you have to report your earnings. If you earn more than three quarters of a million dollars, you have to pay a license fee. All right, I'm okay with that. I'm okay so with would, that. would that increase the monetization? Yes, and, and I'm so, okay. I genuinely, <laughs> if that's what it is, I'm okay with that. Because oh, you know, agree. don't, don't I, let the truth get in the way of a good rumor, though. You know, I know, and but I agree. I, so I do agree with that stance because legitimately, that's where Paizo and Pathfinder came from. Is they came from? That's also where the book of <laughs> the the book of what was it? What is it? The book of erotic pleasures that it was done for three point five. There was a whole bunch of three point fives and a whole bunch of adult oriented rules because they didn't put that stuff in D anD. d There was that book out there as well. But that's where like Paizo came in and other companies like the Mongoose Publishing was another one that did it. There's a bunch of other um yeah, there's companies. millions of companies that are literally exist on the back of three uh, being five E compatible products. 
Sure, exactly. Right. So I bought I a bunch do... of them. I, I like them. I agree with it. But equally, like you're still letting the small person publish their own little module. I feel like once I start earning nearly a million dollars, you know what? You can have a slice of my pie that was already your pie. Yeah. So. All right. If And if that's the case, I have zero problem with that. I agree with yeah. that. But, you know, it's all, it's the internet. So, well, sorry, it's not the internet. It's 142 characters. It's 142 character who agreed, agreed. So if that's the route they go with and D&D Beyond is, or D&D, one D&D is just version 5.5, kind of like how they went from a 3 to a 3.5, and it's just retweaking, retooling of the tool, fine, great, no problem. So I I have every, behind me right now, those of you since there's no camera, I have every version of Dungeons and Dragons from first edition down here, second edition, third, I even have fourth and fifth. All there, they're all there. Of course, I will pick them up. I will absolutely get the bare minimum of the player's handbook, monsters manual, and DMG. As a that that's just a standard. That's exactly what I'm going to do. If it turns out to be a better game, I'll be more vested in. That's what that's what I mean. It's just one of those where um, you can. Okay, I'm just going to do this. And I have a negative from 2022. Just keep us up, keep it rolling. You know, like how easy uh oh okay i'm gonna apologize in advance i'm not gonna bleep this out because i'm too lazy to edit but but how fucking soft people are (laughs) like the the number of complaints i've the amg thing from x-wing like the argument that i've heard most often about why people vehemently dislike verging on hate amg is because um they told them to fuck off out of the game or whatever so i believe what they said was like these changes are happening unfortunately if you're not if you don't like like even if you personally don't like it these changes are happening mm-hmm. like if you want to like you can put whatever tone on that you like I think that's with any community, though, because yeah. there's the same thing in the arcade that's what, community. Yeah. That's what know? I'm saying, Sean. This isn't a complaint about X-Wing. This is a complaint it's about society. Like, it's 2022. Society. Yep. All right. All right. We, go on, Sean. You, you, well, you I was going to say, well, I was gonna say, you know, one of the things that communities like X-Wing, like the arcade community, I'm not going to say 40K because that's a whole different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. But, but when you look at, so anything that is sold outside of game stores, and I mean this completely, so if it's not something that is sold in an actual board game or arcade store or whatever, it's sold in Target, it's sold at Walmarts, it's sold across the world, whatever, that means that the community that's bitching about everything is irrelevant to these companies. Because they don't make all of their money off of the few thousand people across the planet that play X-Wing or that are buying these arcades and on on YouTube bitching about it or Facebook bitching about it. My favorite thing is I've spent thousands of dollars on X-Wing Oh, I've I've spent thousands, I've spent thousands plural. The actual number is eighteen hundred dollars, but we're gonna we round up for the sake of a semantic argument 
to yep. garner sympathy for myself. I, yep. I've spent thousands of dollars on this and they've just lost my business. Right. Okay. One, you've already spent that money. Two, yep. that yeah. company wouldn't bend over and pick up that money if they tripped over it on the floor, mate. Yep. You, you've, yeah. right. oh, oh, there's two grand there. Oh, fuck. It's, it's over there, though. You've got to, if you want to come and give it me, maybe I'll get round to putting it in the pile at some point. But you know, I'm not putting my effort into picking that up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, what people think about stuff doesn't really matter. You know, my personal feelings about something don't really matter unless I am physically harming somebody else, you know, because of it. It just goes into the ether, whether I put it on Facebook or put it someplace else where other people can read it, it doesn't matter because it's my opinion. And if I say, oh, I'm never going to buy another thing again. Great. Guess what? Somebody else is going to. I I miss being able to be wrong and it'd be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Not not necessarily just for me, because obviously I'm never wrong. Right, right. Not once has it ever occurred. But, like, Ed's wrong. Just, Ed's wrong all the time, and we're still friends. All the time. No. I just, <laughs> just had this uh, conversation at work today at the lunch table. Where it, it came up in politics, and I know you're not really supposed to talk about politics or work, and I didn't. I always, always, red or blue, left or right, doesn't really matter to me. I just miss the ability to be able to have a difference of opinion and still be friends after. I miss the fact that if you're not in the extreme one side or the extreme other, I have a distinct feeling, and maybe I'm wrong, that there is a huge swath of the population that's down the line in the middle that agrees with some of this and agrees with some of that. And again, so one thing that I find happens most often, which bemuses me, is the the term people. Oh, people are mad about this. It's like, well, three people on Twitter complained about it, but they got, like, they've been really mad about it and have tagged everyone, so everyone saw it. So I suppose, yeah, okay. But then, it's like, but but then the the opposite happened, and people are still complaining, but that's three other people. Right. There's, like, 65 billion people, uh, 65 million people in the UK, I think is the only one I know. Um, was it? I mean, nearly at four billion people on a planet. Has we gone past that now? Oh, it's eight, almost eight. eight. It's almost eight. yeah. No, we passed eight. Oh, we did pass eight. Yeah. Final. I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know anymore. I I stopped doing anything to do with there, the there's news. There's three hundred and some million people in the United States. You know, yeah. exactly. like a thousand people are mad on Twitter. So people are people are outraged at this thing. So then the opposite happens, and a thousand pe- people who aren't the same are mad about that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, but you, That's then the, the, the argument becomes like, oh, the, the, they're they're just always angry. So I will know that one person was angry about this one specific thing. This other person mm-hmm. was angry about another specific thing. Right? It's almost like the world's made up of shades of grey, and Twitter is the devil, not because of <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> oh yeah, Elon it was a suspect before he got there. It's almost as if. The vocal minority, the problem, the, all right, so this is where the problem comes in. Legitimately, this is where the problem comes in. I 100% agree with what you're saying that there is a vocal minority in certain social media circles 
that go into an uproar. So it's a very small number that are very, very loud, and the vast majority aren't in that of that opinion. However, if companies didn't listen to them and just dismissed altogether or almost altogether that pushback and that feedback, I would agree with you. However, that's not the world that we live in. I mean, I've got a good way to bring this back into a, a gaming-related topic. No, so, hold on. I'm, I, I got a bitch. Yeah. No, I it's am, okay. I it, am it, royally pissed off that someone on eBay is claiming that the Black Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Master Guide is Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. That's really not Dungeons & Dragons Advanced. Not. That's it's third not. fucking it, edition. Wait, the black one? Yes. It's still right. called Advanced, but it shouldn't be. It, it should be third edition because it diametrically changed the game. Oh, God, do I want to argue with you on this one? Okay, so... I'm, just, I'm, I'm being facetious. Just, I know, I know. Okay, good. All right, I'm glad we're I'm just, being I'm just looking at eBay at D&D stuff, so... I'm glad we're being facetious because <laughs> I'm like, you just, like, I was... And maybe I'm wrong... It's the same DMG that was in the original artwork for the Advanced Second and Dra- Second Dungeon and Dragons. They just took all the articles that had been written in Dragon Magazine, all the edits and FAQs, and just kind of compiled them. That's why, like, legitimately, the book, the opening forward of the book, states this is not Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition. It's just Second yeah, Edition. Yeah, it says it right in the forward. Nope, I'm with you. I'm and- just being, you know, being. I'm trying to be Chris on this one, you know, just proving well, Chris's you- point. You definitely got my, like, ire up. I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, yeah, good job, because you got me. I, I, <laughs> I definitely took the but, bait on that But here's, here's the deal. That's the arguments that we get in this world. Sure. You know, I, I, am, I really don't fall into that plane of existence where I want to be pissed off at everything all the time. You know, I like what I like. But here's the deal. I'm not going to push it on everybody else, but if you do play D&D with me, it's going to be second edition. But that's your choice, not totally my choice that you're playing. I'm going to put it out there. We'll play second edition with Thaco, you know, with level advancement that you can't advance three levels in one session, that it takes a while to advance levels, you know. But that's what I like, you know. And that's the hard part in this world is it's hard to like anything anymore. Because people ruin it so fucking much, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like people are out there trying to ruin it, you know, that they're actually making an effort to, and, and not. I'm not even talking about the trolls. I'm talking about the people that just hate everything and hate on everything. You know, <laughs> well, that's, the, the that's what I don't, I don't think those people actually exist, Sean. I think what happens is you see something and then you'll see something that's kind of similar but a little bit different. But you'll you'll take the tone that isn't there from one of them and it, or put it onto the other ones. And then you get into the social media spiral of people just trying to ruin everything. Right. I wouldn't even say it's a spiral, it's it's the echo chamber. Because legitimately, like we are definitely in an era of people that do not read that read the headlines and not the article, if you know what I mean. Like, it's okay. Basically. I get to laugh directly at you now, Ed. So I'm, I'm going to read you the message I sent you, and then your response, Sean's response, and then your response. Ah, so today at one oh, thirty-eight, so at three thirty-eight <laughs> p.m., I said, "What are the chances of us starting earlier tonight? No idea if you guys are working at the moment or not." Sean said, "What time?" Question mark. And then Ed said, 
usual, I'll try to be on at 9.15. Yep, that was definitely so, did, so didn't read what Sean was responding to at all. Just <laughs> speed read the notification that flashed up on his phone, quickly responded to that, and then moved on with his life. All right, so if we want to be uh, 100% transparent, that was my oh, because I don't know where the, the I don't know if it's the new version of the um, iOS that's on the iPhone. All I saw was Sean's response that said "What no. time?" Question mark. I did not see that he had responded to that, so I just responded to that. And now that I'm looking at that, I do see that. But legitimately, the only thing that was on my phone was Sean saying, "Hey, what time?" Oh, it's because it's the it's the way to because. Apple knows that you don't care about what happened 20 minutes ago. You only need the last thing that happened. Yep. All right. See, look at all the bait I keep taking. I got like a big hook in my mouth and everything. But you brought you brought that one up, man. I didn't. That, that was just a, a joke. But there's a reason why Sean's question and response to my question has a love heart emoji. It's like we tried, Sean. I love you, man. <laughs> We'll just go uh, for 9.15. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm totally guilty. I was working today. Like, <laughs> all right. So uh, probably TMI. The last two weeks have been fantastic for me. Uh, the job that I have, obviously, is software development mostly, but a lot of it has been, A, I'm teaching a new developer. B, I do project management. C, I manage application development. So um, normally, I don't get to do as much coding. Like, I would be a happy little code monkey just sitting in a quiet room and coding all day long. I don't get to do that job anymore. I've advanced in my career to the point that I actually delegate that to other people. So the short amount of time that I am allowed to just sit in a quiet room where everyone else in the office is on PTO and I'm the only one there to be able to sit in quiet and code have been glorious. So I zone in, put podcast in, put music on, and I'm just in. And all I did when I looked at that one, oh, what time? Boom, that's it. And then went back because I was in the yeah. middle of waiting for something to compile. <laughs> and that was it. So I just apologize. You are it's right. Not... <laughs> no one cares as much as you do, and it's okay. I know. Um, I, I just, I, I, I just laughed. over with the bus. When, when, <laughs> I, when, I, when I saw your response, I just laughed, you know, because I knew it would happen. You know, <laughs> you're at work and you saw my response, which yep. was what time? Yep. And a thousand percent what happened. <laughs> I yep. mean, I am one of the two types of people who can extrapolate from um, uncomplete <laughs> information. So I knew that from your answer, the answer to my unanswered question was no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That is right. Ultimately, end it would have been right, but because I was even late coming on this one. Not that everyone needs to know, but there, it's out there. I was, but yeah. Where were we? No, I was I was going to roll it into an actual like gaming related topic on the people being soft in the modern world. Oh God. Um, and then Sean baited you into something else, and then I started bullying you as well. So, hook the big one, line and yeah. sink, pull me into um, the boat. I'm yeah. the side of the beach. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll finish this for, and then we'll we'll close it out. Uh, we'll, we can have a discussion on this bit, but then we'll kind of wrap it because we're at two hours now anyway. Um, but one of the things on that kind of thing Sean was talking about of like people complaining and trying to tear stuff down or whatever. Like the the way that like X Wing used to work under FFG and like 
the the chasing your tail of the errat, uh, not the errat, as the, uh, the points changes and you're like oh, when's imperial ace is true coming out so you can fix x y and z and you know yep. um, and then go into 2.0 to allow points changes and then stuff getting to have like one big tournament and then a points change coming out and you know the and i think we may have even spoken about this as a topic actually but like the the four month meta and then the two month stagnation because there's no point iterating anymore mm-hmm. um and that was like the way the, the game i'm gonna say evolved but obviously it's stagnating like the fact that there's no point doing anything because i remember obviously doing um deploy a garrison with alan and zach we did the thing with the legion points and one of the things that I was like, oh, I expected a bunch of the Blizzard Force stuff to get changed, and it wasn't touched at all. Right. So what what I believed to have been the strongest list just didn't get hit at all. And I'm like, oh, well, cool, whatever. And I was like, oh, well, why why am I mad? You know. And going through and then talking about it with different people and taking on board information and other people's like thoughts on it. And then I like, does it. Like, what difference does it make if AMG let the meta sit and simmer? Mm-hmm. Like, is it the top list because it was better? Or do these changes change other things? And, you know what I mean? There's a, bu- yeah, the, there's a bunch of... Yeah, the ripple of, effect. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, how much of it... it like, why... <laughs> I'm trying to phrase it on now. Um, do I need daddy ffg to make me feel like oh that big scary list keeps beating you oh here here you go i'll just take it away oh oh look at that you're losing to the other thing now because you just shit at the game was yeah. never the list was it yeah um, it wasn't compared to like absentee dad amg like i'll be back in two years after i've got my beer and cigarettes from the gas station and like there you go have a have a half point change kind of thing and it's like obviously the, there's the jokes, people, it's okay. Neither one of those two things is an accurate representation of reality. But, you know... And that's where I fall into, Chris, where I'm like, you know what, I don't design the game, so I don't care. I have a choice. I either play the game or I don't. And that's yeah. literally where I'm at now with, with everything, you know? I, I, I don't have a say in what's made. I don't have a say in what's put in, whether it's Legends, whether it's, you know canon whatever i could give a shit about any game all i care about is that a game there's a possibility of a game being good to play you know if i don't like it i'm not going to play it just the way that it is i don't know so there's there's two parts to it obviously the selfish part for me is that i just don't care about trying to win a tournament anymore i just can't (laughs) care about it. it it doesn't I, I, it doesn't enter my thoughts of like, um, where can I squeak that extra percent chance of winning? I, I just don't right. care. So, and that aspect of it, right? My argument is, if I want, if I, if I wanted to win, great. Blizzard Force was good before, and I still think it's good now. So I can just play Blizzard Force. Mm-hmm. But as I want to do other stuff than just winning, I'll play something different. But the the person who just wants to win, but that 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 person should be happy. But 
isn't because they don't want to win with Blizzard Force. They want to invent their own new thing, right. but they can't because Blizzard. And you know, so I, one big regret of my X-wing career 1.0 was that I always wanted to be that guy. I always wanted to be the guy who the first list or tournament that got named and everyone was copied. I always wanted to do that just once, but I always fell into well, that's what's good right now. Someone else cracked the code. I didn't see the game on that four-dimensional level. I didn't oh, have the Julia Roberts code playing in the back of my head moment. It's not Julia Roberts, just oh, so you is? know. Oh, who is that? I don't know, but it's not Julia Roberts. Oh, whoever. I, I believe I referenced that exact meme on a different podcast. I think you did, which is it, I recently. stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, lost my train of thought now. Julia Roberts, whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> But yeah, doing stuff, and it it doesn't matter if you if you if you take away Blizzard Force, something else is going to be the best, and the best players will all play the best thing. Yeah. So then that'll be the thing that's boring and annoying and always wins because it the the community isn't big enough. There aren't enough people playing with enough tournaments and an open circuit to get to the point where there's a diverse. Like the the meta could be the most diverse it's ever been, but the top tables can still feel stagnant. Mm-hmm. And th- this oh. is just—I'm not talking about any specific game now. I'm going abstract in this point, but we're not a big enough community for whatever, even for something like 40k. It the, the um, what is it? GW aims for between 45 and 55. Is it 47 and 52 for? For a book to be considered balanced. Oh, for their uh for yeah. their um it's fifty-three. Fifty-three is their percentage, which is actually yeah, a little so bit forty-seven and fifty-three then. Yeah, a little, so, little too high statistically, but I won't go. So, well, it's not even that I so for some in the most played miniatures game in the world, you've got a six percent window of something being considered within like balanced. So something that's forty-seven percent win rate plays against something that's fifty-three percent win rate. That's a fair game when both players should feel good about that. Yeah. What's the win percentage of white in chess? Oh, it's high. It's more yeah. than fifty percent. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, like in the in video games, like a two percent window is like, dis- yeah. I fact check here. It's fifty-five, which is considered to be too high. Yeah. But then it's like, if you've got, um, I'm sorry, um, I'm derailing. Killing but, the whole yeah, yeah no, it's fine. But it's basically um, my point is that like a two percent margin, so in a video gaming is unbalanced because of the number of games that are being played. But this yeah. is a six percent margin, not a two percent margin. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that's but that's okay. Well, and, then the and 40- we still get stuff like what, like you have seventy-five percent win rates, like that. At that point, the entire premise of the game being a competitive thing should just be, you know, it's irrelevant. Like if you if you put that into real structures in real environments and go, oh yeah, we, we have stuff that play with thirty percent win rates that just plays in the third round of a competition against something that's got a 75% win rate, well, it's not really a Swiss then, is it? 
because there's no yeah. real seeding. So, like, all of it is to say that miniatures gaming is a terrible competitive sport, and and it it shouldn't be viewed that way. Shouldn't is again. I'm not trying to tell you what you should and shouldn't think, but in my opinion, it is a in op, an unoptimized way of figuring out who the best player is. Like doing stuff like. Um, Keyforge was probably one of the better tournament tracks where um, you do stuff like blind blind decks. There's no deck construction. It's just playing with the tools that you're given. And then there's formats where it's um, alternating. So I play my deck then against your deck, then we swap and stuff like that. And trying to get a bunch of different metrics and the chain mechanic and the concept behind it was really, really cool. But again, you don't have critical mass, so none of it's relevant. But Yeah. Well, if you don't, you know, it's just like any sport. You know, it's just like anything, actually. You know, ratings, nine times out of ten, are subjective. You know, they're yeah. not. You I'm know. going to pitch you, Sean, what I believe, if you wanted to do a real X-Wing event, how it should be run. And then you can tell me how long it takes to run this event. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to run 64 player Swiss tournaments that are seven rounds each. Okay. To get your seeding. And then depending on how many play how many people want to go to this event, you run that many like 64 divided by or however many divided by 64. You run that many pods. Then you take the top X number of them. So we'll say top 30, well, I want a top 32 cut. So if we ran three 64s, you get the top 12 from each. Mm-hmm. Then they'll go into a double elimination tournament. But it's a 32-player double elimination tournament. And take three weeks to run. <laughs> yeah, the person who wins that event, Max respect, mate, you fucking great at the game. Hell, at that point, why don't you just do a round robin? <laughs> no, but, but that's it. a round robin isn't actually a better representation of player skill. There's there's so many things about a tournament structure that if you like a a round robin is um, a good way of, again of getting seeding. It isn't the best oh. the way of finding out who the best is. Right. Yeah, I can see that. And it also round robins and really any of this still all falls down to that rock, paper, scissors format, you know? That's why it's going to be double elimination, Sean. Yeah. (laughs) The only argument that I have is like, so Sean, we'll pull this as we often do when we talk about tournament play. One of the major problems I have with uh, Magic um, whenever they had a competitive scene was the fact that people would get um, first and second round buys and they wouldn't start playing until the third round. And what it always did is it eliminated that possibility of that crazy maniac that brought one deck that for whatever reason was just your rock to your to your scissors. But you never saw that because he played two other papers and was 0-2 before he ever got to you kind of thing. But if you had played but, him in the first round, he'd have crushed you. But that's the thing, though, Ed. What, what is the purpose of the event? Because if the purpose of the event is to find the best player... Not letting that guy make it that far is the correct way of running the event. It is true. Yeah. If, he's got no ch- if he's got no chance to win the entire event, 
and it's only there to spoil X number of players' chances yeah. of also winning. Yeah. Then let him spoil yeah, X number of players' chances. And I, I mean, I get it, get what you're saying, but upsets. But you, Sorry, go on, Sean. I like you. Well, well I was going to say, Magic is probably the absolute best and worst example of this because there are so many Magic tournaments that people can earn what used to be the pro points and to earn to get the buys, you know, because not only did you have FNMs that, you know, some of them participated in that, I believe, but then you had so many PTQs and Grand Prix and all of that across the world that these, and you're literally talking about a professional sport at that point and not a amateur you know, the, we're going to throw the, ships down on the table, you know, once every week or two weeks or whatever, you know. Uh, this isn't my sport, and I'm not a fan of the sport as like a viewer or anything. But the way that you, if you've told me what the dream like for a circuit would be, it's got to be something like the tennis circuit. So here, I'll where, give you my, like, my you, dream. You get the seedings, right? You you get to go to all your events, and all of the events have rankings, and it all feeds into the pool. And then the higher tier events take X number of seeds, and then you get the wild card entries and stuff like that. Like the that makes an underdog story so much better when it consi- they consistently perform to get the. So uh, to, to me, what would be the ultimate tournament? would be the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah. And, and it's so the NCAA basketball tournament takes 31 conference champions. So you have to win your conference, your sorry, not your conference, your conference tournament, which is what I don't like about it. But if it were up to me, the conference and not, go, and not win the championship. Yes. And, and, and that's bothersome to me. What the best way would be to me is that if you took, the team that won the regular season championship and the team that won the tournament championship and put all of those. So now you have 60, potentially 62 schools in that would be the best because you're taking the top two from every conference now. And then if the conference winner and won the conference championship, that's when you would get the at large teams that could make it in. I think that would be the ultimate tournament ever because not only do you get the best from that conference, you would get the hottest team from that conference because they won three games in three days or however many games to make it to the to win the conference tournament. That to me would be the best because you're getting the top of each conference, and those are you know teams that have played other teams also outside of their conference. And so the the one thing reason why I would say. And again, this probably doesn't translate from the way I presented the argument, so that's that's on me. Uh, the reason I picked something like tennis over that um, as a miniatures gaming thing is because tennis's different surfaces has that representation of something like uh, the points changes happening, yep. or the fo- like the formats being <laughs> different, like you know. Yep. Um, whereas in something like basketball as a sport, it it is a chess analogy in a whereas sense, in yeah. like if you're doing that like however long it takes to run from when the league started to find the placings for a conference um tournament to then get the winners from that to then get the um 
entrance to a real tournament to then play at that tournament. The rules have stayed the same for that year. Yeah, yeah, the whole circuit. So, and and to the yeah. tennis circuit, you are correct. And the way that it works is really good. The problem is, the problem I have with, with it is, is when you get to like Wimbledon, which is the biggest tennis tournament of all, you know, for that year, you know, you have other ones, French Open, US Open, yeah. all of those. The problem with, with it is, is that those tournaments do have a value of, what would, what would you say? It's that, you know, that player <laughs> who's 180th in the world somehow slips into that, that bracketing. And, and, that, and that's one of the thing Ed was talking up. about of like, someone, it, someone could be the best person on clay. Yep. Yes. Or like the... Someone could be like the fifth the best surface. person on, yeah, yeah, the hard surface to grass to clay, yeah, yeah, um, and that's where that kind of thing comes into it. Yeah, but, like if you wanted, if you wanted your miniatures game to be a serious competitive game, you want to have a cut off, nothing released after after like December thirty first. No more, no more releases this year then you've got the, the rules and the points of what they are, then we play this season with that's all it's allowed. Yep, and I would agree no, with you. No, no new releases, no points changes, no FAQs, no errors. The, the final has to be played by the same rules as the first gate qualifier game. Yep, exactly. And is that what you want for a miniatures game? Right. Well, I, I, I think <laughs> that that's an interesting question because you would negate any releases that would happen after that point for that year. Because you would still have to have releases. You wouldn't have a ch choice. Right. That, that's so, why that's why what I want wouldn't happen, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but here's my thing about that is you could do it where you say, okay, December third, everything in twenty twenty three will be played with twenty twenty two ships. Anything released yeah. in twenty twenty three is not available for the qualifier part of this you know but you could still play with your ships in tournaments because stores could still have their own events they just don't count towards in the same sure. way sean that people could play extended tournaments people can play epic you exactly. could play escalation exactly. tournaments exactly. you know then all of that 20... stuff was possible but then at the people... december 31st of 2023 Everything that was there before would be included, you know. Yeah, it's simple. And that's to when do. that's when it's... the star would order the new releases from February 2022. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, it's an unworkable system, but that's because the goal of miniatures games tournaments, spoiler, isn't to find the best player. No. Yeah. That that's my takeaway from 2022, folks. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have the um, tournament structures as a main, as a main topic, but we kind of got there. So I've had a bunch of this stuff on the uh, on the hob for a long time. Uh, yeah. Well, you all missed your chance to talk about Andor losers, so let's move on. Oh, we'll still, <laughs> still have next year for that one. Uh, we can't, it's, Andor happened in 2022. Can't do. Can't. We would never talk about something that happened in the past. That was not our style. one time, like we did like four times today <laughs> on this show. Yep. Okay. So has anyone got any any pressing stuff they want to uh, close out on now? 
Just one, as promised. I do need to get a little bit soft and mushy here. It's been pointed out to me that we have been doing this for, what, eight years now, Chris and Sean? I can't, I genuinely can't believe it. If we go back all the way to the origins of this show being Nova Squadron Radio, uh, Sean coming on to teach me about tournaments and how to run them, and then Chris giving you, it was Ron Brandon that you had given trouble to in an event, and you were coming, and then just, I, I met my two best friends in the whole world through a show and ever since then for the last eight years at minimum of every day i see something pop up on my phone from one of these two guys it has been <laughs> a what like a, i don't know what my day would be like if i didn't see a message from sean or didn't see a message from chris or see a debate on something so i just want to take the quick opportunity to say it's been another fantastic year with two fantastic friends. I wouldn't want to do anything else with anyone else. We could be sitting down, just as we talked about with our hopes and dreams for the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, TV show, we could just be sitting down watching TV and eating popcorn, and that would make me eternally happy for the rest of my life. As long as I get to hang out with the two of you, I couldn't imagine doing this with anyone else, and I'm really looking forward to yet another year of doing this again. Yeah. Hope that wasn't too sappy for everyone, but I just want to tell my friends how much I love them. That's all it is. No. And we love you too, Ed. Yes, we even, do. even if you don't read my text, it's okay. Yeah, just just read Sean's, whatever. That's the real reason Chris is like, well, Sean said something, I better respond. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, it's, it's, all, it's all good. Uh, I'm uh, I'm very tired. It's been a a very a very strange year obviously i want to clarify my 2022 in review was gaming related in case people didn't pick up on the fact that you know my the birth of my second daughter wasn't in there oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hill, you know just just saying you know it's a, bun- a bunch of other life stuff that happened this year um like moving hopefully touchwood forwards with dice hate and um, a bunch of like real making it into a real job hopefully that well it's real work now anyway i don't know whether it's gonna it, it would have to pay for it to be a real job which uh, it, it may or may not prove to be but we'll see but like all of that happening is it's been a crazy crazy year and i i don't, don't get me wrong i'm not excited i'm terrified and exhausted but give me a week let me sleep and then i'll be excited again but yeah i I remember um like just sitting down and starting designing stuff and doing things and like having that hype and and that passion was was great that's currently burned out but i'll get there well it'll come back but yeah it's been really really cool i'm excited to see what happens next year um hopefully I can keep everything on track and nailed down and we'll we'll get there. Obviously, like Jill's still off work at the moment, so I'm having to balance that with like keeping roofs over heads and all of the other stuff. But yeah, that's kind of important. But it's it's trying to the the hardest thing I'm having to juggle at the moment is Jill's not working, so I need to earn more money. But also Joe's at home to help with the kids, so I need to use this time to do as much dissect stuff as I can. And those two things could be considered to be mutually exclusive. 
so I, I need Joe to go back to work so that I can concentrate on doing dissect stuff, but simultaneously then I won't have any help with the kids, so I'll have less time. So um, that's it, the quandary at the moment. It's a, a fun one to ponder. But yeah, um, I have well, a summary of projects, and then you guys can let me know what you're excited for, what you think sounds cool. So I've got three different gaming tables i want to um do video or written content with photos of like building and painting them and having like full gaming tables i've got um like big art sheets to paint like backdrops for them and everything so i can do proper photography Ooh, and stuff and i'd I like, like to do like something like that but i've got um star wars legion um kind of Tiberian Sun style mining table that I'm going to do. I've got my Necromunda table and I've got um, a Warcry table all planned out. Um, do I have to vote on which one of those? Or can no, no, just the, no that, this is, these are just like directions that I'm considering taking, like the channel and doing some, my, like my, my hobby time stuff. Yeah, then no, there's, I um, there's doing more writing and doing more. Um, rpg based content where it'll be like doing um di dungeon design work or encounter design stuff for different games and how how i would go through and do all of that there's doing content based around um how i would run like the kind of conversation we just had today of like if i want my event to do this how would i make this event and how would i structure it and do all of that kind of stuff and like there's that, then there's just generic, like, my orcs are still in the background there. You can see some some squigs and some squig hogs. And, yeah. Uh, a smash of squig and some shooter boys. Like, I can do content around all of the same kind of crap I've done forever. I have my uh, my Legion army upstairs that isn't... Um, when I got for Christmas, I got myself um, a 5 first and some Republic. So I'm going to do Anakin, um, Rex, and some uh, some Ark Troopers. Then I've got um, I've got some Warlord game stuff. I'm going to I need to start playing Bolt Action next year. So I'm going to do some British Commandos and some Churchill tanks and stuff like that. I have I have a million projects on top of all of the actual like design work for doing dice stuff. So. I'm hoping that some of the hype from what I'm, I'm excited having just like shared it all and spoken about it. Yeah. But like, I have all of those things kind of on the back burner, ready to go and waiting. Like, all of this alien stuff, Ed. Uh, huh? um, I, like, I don't recall seeing a response on. But no, on I that. haven't. Responded. What I mean is like, oh, the reason I've not responded is because obviously I can write encounters based around this stuff that you i could put into like how would i run this stuff in the alien rpg how would i use it what like making it moving it from theater of a mind into a miniatures game uh, a more 5e based how would i do that how would i add predators into the alien rpg second edition is better <laughs> um but yeah all of that kind of stuff just seems really exciting and it's all all time and uh, there, are, there are two that definitely truly intrigue me. You don't see, an, you see plenty, plenty of people painting miniatures for their armies on Twitch, on stream. 
but what you don't see are people building tables. And there, there should be almost an equal amount of love given to terrain building, to table building, to setting that kind of stuff up that I don't see enough of out there. That one genuinely, truly intrigues me. Because like you can go on YouTube and just throw a stick and find how to paint this miniature, how to paint that miniature, how you want to paint this scene, you want to paint that scene. You can find that everywhere. But if I want to paint the, whenever I was painting my terrain, like I could, I had to take the skills that I learned from painting miniatures and just try to apply it to buildings. But when you're dealing with all these flat surfaces, it doesn't necessarily translate. Similar to what we were talking about tanks the other day. Yeah. So that's almost a completely different painting tank. So yeah. I would so what, love One of the things more... would, would be if I was doing more terrain-based stuff, once they're done, they go on the store and I sell full tables worth of terrain. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And I, but again, it's all kind of like tying it all together. And I, I play with it for for a few months and then move on. And point of order, I might also recommend tossing that up on a certain web store just in case. I mean, I'm sure it will go at your store, but I'm just no. That's what I mean. Up. It's on my web store. I'm not. Yeah, just put it yeah. up on the web store. Just saying. Yeah. So it the would second be one on the web page, but yeah. Yeah, the second one you said is more DD stuff. I think uh if I were to think about the channel and the Dicey Productions as a whole, I think that that is probably a gap that we currently have is not enough role-playing stuff. DD 5e is still gigantic right now. Uh, it is in the largest state that it's ever been, and it's and I think that there is a huge nerd niche pool that you could dip your toes into. And, and go from that so from a business perspective i would love to see you do more of that but personally for me well i want i want to see terrain get built so <laughs> so i've got the the business perspective and i've got that that's what i'd watch <laughs> yeah oh uh, and that's it so obviously if you want to be involved in this conversation head on over to discord jump in there chat tell us what you think you can also support the channel on patreon that is Dice Hate on Patreon. It all goes into one pool now. Um, we, If you do join on Patreon, you'll get access to um, a special channels on the Discord where you can have even more access. I think you can see them anyway, Ed, because you should have the Dice Hate tag. I do. Um, as yeah. Being, yeah. yeah, you get it for free. By free, I mean giving up all of your time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. There's a bunch of stuff there. I, um, I think I cover that. I don't consider it giving up anything. I get to hang out with my buds and hang out. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you think, Ed. It's what your wife thinks it matters. <laughs> luckily, luckily for me, she's she's the type of girl that gets up early and does her workouts, and by 8 o'clock, she's out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going well, to... I, I am, because I can't do it. That's. I thought we were going to get into one of the bad things for our 2022. My bad thing was getting off of the bike that's sitting behind me that you can see there. I need to get my fat ass back on that bike in 2023. I don't need to necessarily... And I'm going to take a page out of Chris's book. I don't need to wait for January 1 to do it. I can do it today. I can do it tomorrow. Yeah. January 1, does, it's just a day in the calendar. I should just get my... Just get back on. I need to. I need to start doing something. Uh, I'm going to be 45 ugh, years old this year. I need to do something. I knew I liked you for a reason. I, I love you too. 
I would have well, been the youngest guy. There, there is a, and I, I almost said this earlier in the conversation. There is a, I'm beginning to recognize as I'm getting older, I am finding myself agreeing with you more and more. And there's just that part of me that's like, why don't I just listen to Chris? Naturally, <laughs> <laughs> over time, I just slowly bend my head around, wrapping my head around Chris's opinion. Like, Ryan Johnson isn't a bad director. I, um, Glass Onion, a Knives Out Wide Out or Knives Out film, is a gigantic film right now. He is turns out to be a really good director. He's just a bad Star Wars director. That took me years to come around to. <laughs> and it turns out it might be true. That's just one of many many examples of stuff like yeah. I should probably just listen to Chris. Chris is right. <laughs> Chris is said. I know you wrong. well enough now to frame my arguments in such a way. I'm easily manipulated. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> like, it's fine. That's what happens with eight years of friendship. You know, it's exactly how to twist it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, everyone, for coming along for a ride. It's been a, a crazy year. I believe we did, I want to say, at least 24 episodes this year. Maybe 25. I can't remember. We only missed we one. Only, yeah, only missed, missed one. one. Oh. And that was when, um, yeah, I had a tragedy earlier in the year. No, you guys recorded an episode while it was gone on that. Yeah, we, I think we've, yeah, I think we we've missed miss one. one. But, we did miss one. But yeah. I, 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 I don't number them officially anymore, but this would be episode, where are we? Uh, what about it? Well, Dice Hate Content Creation Podcasts. Of which there are now many, a uh, hundred and seventeen. Holy cow! Yeah, so that's a lot. Th- this is that's just lack of focus, not including the unnumbered episodes or the in focuses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For the sixty-eight episodes of Never Squadron Radio, it was sixty-nine. Sorry, we did have a we picked one up as if it never dropped <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh, whatever they announced, second edition. Um, not to mention all that. That's wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a big number, Chris. Yep. And we right, doesn't include any of the uh, the D and D ones. Oh, that's another thing I need to do. I need to go in. I'm not. I'm not gonna edit the four hour sessions anymore because it just doesn't isn't worth it. And it. I don't think like it's good enough content. Like. We're not critical role, you know what okay. I mean. When it, it is literally us playing our game, but I think there's content there if I edit and down into like thirty minute videos or something. But yeah, again, I I've been saying that for a year now, so I should probably tell people how that ended because people have asked. You know, people want to know. Yeah, hey, people want to, to know. Whatever happened to? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I have a couple of podcasts I listen to that are just um around the table kind of thing. Like I like maybe we just shifted to it. Well no, I don't know. There's a big part of me that just definitely wants to get back into role playing next year. That's kind of a sneak preview for what I want to do here, because I know Sean doesn't doesn't do well with uh being stuck up on next up next week episode is my episode, and I was going to do gaming New Year's resolutions, stuff that you want to pick up on, do stuff, mm-hmm. and one of the things on my list may or may not be I want to get back to having a role-playing group. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, so on that, I have a good bit of advice for people then. This is how I'll close out the show. Um, myself and my good friend Bill, who we do, he was my opponent. I, was, I stood up for my 40k game. Um, Pre-COVID, we did it for two years and ma- managed to like do it successfully. But for New Year's and like, around January time, we'd go through and we'd make a list of three games each and commit to playing those games at least once with each other. So <laughs> I'd put three games on, he put three games on, you get one veto each, and then it's like, okay. If you really, really don't want to play one of these, you can veto it and then go through there. And I, we didn't get all of them every time, but we definitely played most of them. And I, Bill is one of the guys I play Arkham with every other week. So I, obviously we don't put that on the list, you put it with stuff like Song of Ice and Fire, um, Von Unish, Reckless and Colton, uh, all of these cool games that everyone <laughs> oh, should play. I have um, the last five copies of the rule book for Von Unish, Reckless and Colton. And I'm unsure if I'm going to put them on the web store or if I'm going to, um, do, I'm going to put, like, keep them so that I can sponsor the A show again with the jingle and have Von Innisbrook looking cool to giveaways again. Uh, I believe either I'm the only one here or Ed is turning his internet back on. I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Ed, you were just frozen a little bit. It was probably just Discord. But yeah, I'm going to call it there before Discord does have a cow man and uh, got so hard. You never know. <laughs> But yeah, thanks everyone, and we'll see you all in two weeks. Have a great new year. Bye, casual. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. <laughs>